Well, welcome to The Journey. Uh, my name is Kevin Polke, and um, I have a special guest with me today, uh, uh, Lisa, uh, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I always uh, do a horrible job with your, 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 with your last name, but Lisa uh, Cope, Cup? Cap. Kept. Okay, perfect. And and so, Lisa, I know uh, uh, a few months ago we had a conversation and we met for the first time. We have a mutual friend, um, uh, Sharon, who who works for me up in the Fond du Lac area. And, um, and I know you and Sharon have been friends for a long time. And I had an opportunity to talk with your daughter uh, as, as well as she is uh, thinking about and, and pursuing uh, the counseling field as well. Um, but uh, I just wanted to have you on the show and, and have you share a little bit about your story and, and how you uh, came into the helping profession and what have you learned over the, the time period that you've been in it. But, but before we jump into that, uh, let, me, let me ask you, Lisa, when you have an opportunity to have fun and, 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 and do something that uh, gives you energy back and gives you, uh, kind of feeds you, what, what does Lisa do for fun? I, I, I love to have fun. I love to have fun. And um, I think what I've learned is that separating every day from fun, like really made fun feel like it was off in the distance. So I like, I, I just find small little things every day to do. Like if I, um, I might play my guitar or I'll, I'll, I'll write or um, I'll call a friend, I'll meet a friend for coffee. Um, uh, I love to take walks. We live, uh, we live uh, in it. Our driveway is right across the street from a path that goes down to a park. And uh, yeah, just, you know, just taking it all in, whatever it is and learning that I don't need, I don't need to stop, you know, I don't need to stop living to play, but finding the, you know, that, that playfulness in every day. So little simple, it's usually simple things. Not a lot of time, but just real simple things. Sure, sure. Well, it's interesting, you know, when you said that, is that it was just some of the decisions I was making this morning uh, as as I was, you know, waking up, getting ready for my morning routine of working out and meditating. Um, I took a little bit of extra time just to uh, uh, not rush. And, and that for me is because my days are usually packed full of different, you know, appointments and different meetings and different things. Um, I was like made a couple choices so that it would take away some of that rushness just to, uh, uh, just so that just kind of slow down. The appointments are still going to be there. It's just uh, making some different choices, uh, in, in between. So, um, so, so uh, you live in Wisconsin right now, in in West West Bend, Wisconsin, correct? Right, yeah. about thirty north of Milwaukee. And and so, have you always lived in that area, or tell us a little bit about your about growing up and where'd you where'd you grow up and what'd you do for fun when you were growing up? Uh, well, okay, so I was born and raised in West Bend here, and I went to school in Oshkosh. So I did both my undergrad and my graduate degree in Oshkosh. So I lived there for about seven years. Uh, I worked for an, uh, an attorney um, who did guardian ad litem uh, work. Her husband was a surgeon, so she really didn't need, she just had passion for law and representing kids. So I got to I got to work with her on that. I was actually gonna go to law school. Uh, took, I took my LSAT exam and I was all ready to go to, to uh, 
Hamlin in uh, in Minnesota, and then she just talked me out of it because <laughs> the bottom line is, it, like, law is not about justice. I mean, if you follow the law, it's usually just, but it's really about argumentation and debate and who can do it. So she was like, Lisa, they will eat you alive. You have heart and soul. You don't have the ability to lie or to strategize to twist narratives to make it look like your person didn't do what you know the person did. Like that's just goes against the grain of everything that I stand for. So um, I, I, I did that for a while. I also, um, it's interesting because I graduated in with a degree in communications and speech communication, organizational communication. So I was working in advertising specialty for a while. Um, and but that was back here in West Bend. So when I graduated in 1990, I had, it was like the recession, the start of the recession. There was no jobs. We wallpapered our living room, my roommates and I, with our rejection letters because we got so many of them in the mail. And uh, so it was it was one of those things where I, you know, I had to I had to move home. So um, that was quite the adjustment. Uh, I could say that um, hard. I'm sure hard for my parents, hard for me. Um, but then I ended up. I got my own place in this uh, historic building downtown. Um, and I was there for about a year working in advertising specialty and waitressing on the weekends so that I had enough money. Um, Cause I think at that time, what minimum wage was, I don't know, $6 an hour or something like that. Mm -hmm. 1990. So uh, I, I moved to West Bend because um, I moved out because I had to, it was pretty nutty in, in my family. I grew up with a, a father who uh, was an alcoholic and my mom just really emotionally just unavailable um, narcissistic, that kind of thing. So it just, I, I needed to get out for my own sanity. So I did that and thought I was going to be working in, you know, advertising or the communications world. That was my, my whole, my whole intent. So, uh, where it, I think where it all fell apart was, well, I shouldn't say that it felt like it was falling apart at the time, but it was all falling together. Mm -hmm. I see that now, mm -hmm. that now, you know, like life, I think, can only be understood backwards. And it makes total sense to me why everything happened in the way that it did. But um, you had asked earlier how I got into this profession. Um, it, it was kicking and screaming, quite fr frankly. It was it was not something I ever visioned uh, I would do. Mm -hmm. uh, but I started to do some work around my family and some of the, the, the impacts that that had on my development and attachment issues and relationships and uh, while I was working in advertising specialty in Milwaukee at Carlson Marketing, and then I, I, I there was a, a position that opened up in West Bend at a company they did business with, and I decided to you know apply to be to work there, and they had an assistant account executive position open, so I I got the job. Interestingly enough, a uh, place was being investigated for illegal illegal chemical dumping and drug trafficking, and it was so I, one of the owners. Um, just she just not did not like me, <laughs> and I as she just took so much enjoyment I think out of like asserting her power I guess you could say, and one day she asked me to type her daughter's term paper, and I said I wasn't going to do that, and she proceeds to call me um a name, uh, and I thought darn it and here I am working on you know working on all this stuff I thought I'm not going to be treated like that so with my voice shaking, I walked into her office 
but she actually would she'd smoke a cigarette she always had a cigarette in her mouth and she'd lick you know flick the ashes on the floor so it was like so so much disrespect for her own company and she had a bottle of codeine on her desk that she would put into her coffee in the morning so her her brother was a pharmacist in town and his ex-wife was in a support or like a therapy group that I was in. So I was getting all this, like, holy cow, this like understanding background that most people wouldn't understand. So I said, you know, when you can respect through trembles, uh, I said, when you can respect me, I'm, I'll work for you. And since you can't do that today, I'm leaving. And I, I just to put the paper back on her desk and I got in my car and I thought, what the hell did I do? Oh my God, what did I do? Like, what, what do I do now? You know, so I, I went home and all I had was this thought, call my friend Sam. So Sam was um, this guy that he he was so, he, what do I do for fun? I love to hang out with Sam at that time because Sam just was, you look at him and you laugh. I mean, he was just so much fun. And so I called him. Just that was, it was just weird. I called him and I said, uh, I told him what I did. And I said, you know, maybe I'll come back to school. I don't know. I think I'd need some financial assistance if that was the case. So uh, he said, well, I'm in charge of the, the graduate assistantships for the Department of Residence Life, and we are not really happy with our candidates. Would you be interested in coming back and working for, you know, the, the department? And I was like, what? He goes, in fact, we saved four slots in the counselor education program for our graduate assistants. So if you're interested in that, you know, man, we would hire you in a heartbeat. He's, but the thing is, the application process closes on Friday. <laughs> and this was a Wednesday. So I thought, all right, that's what I'm doing. So I, I drove off to Oshkosh. I, was, I I slept on the couch for a couple of days and I ran around uh, getting applications put in, waiting for professors to just show up and then say, can can you write me a letter of recommendation, please? <laughs> in, right now. <laughs> yeah, in, in 12 hours. Yeah, right. I need it in 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so I did that. I just, it, it was like lightning speed, right? I was, okay, I'm going to do this, I got to do that, and whatever. And um, I interview, I interviewed the following week on a Friday. I had like five interviews. I interviewed with like student staff, with the counselor ed department, with the um, department of residence life, the director of residence life. I had all these interviews. So I like cut my hair short and I bought a business suit, like with shoulder pads, you know, cause that's what we did in the nineties, mm -hmm. you know, couldn't rise and break, you know, that glass ceiling. Then maybe if we look like men, <laughs> Maybe that will take us seriously, right? <laughs> so I did that. And and so what was interesting is I met, I met my mentor. He was the one. Actually, I think I think he I think it was one of those privilege pieces too that we have in, in our lives. Like I knew people who knew people and they, you know, Linda, the director of staffing residence life um, adored him too she went through the program as well and he was her men mentor and so he he became mine and the first thing he said to me was why are you wearing that why are you wearing that I'm like what I'm wearing what this this suit he's like well I bought it because I'm here I'm interviewing you know I'm a professional what I use like I don't give a shit about that <laughs> so I was like Okay, and 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 he kept asking me those questions, and he would he was smoking, and like his office was like yellowed, yellowed from all the cigarettes he'd smoke. So you'd go in there, and it'd be like you'd smoke the pack of cigarettes, you know. But he's, I said, are you supposed to be smoking? Like, isn't that like? He's like, I don't care. <laughs> so I was like, 
<laughs> okay. All right. So we had this interview. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm literally in tears because I, I like, I don't know how to answer your questions. I don't know what you want um, from me. And he's like, that's what I want. I want to know you. I want to see you. He was, why do you want to go to, why do you want to be a counselor? Why do you want to go into counselor education? And I was like, I, look, I'm just telling you, I ended up walking out of my, out of my job. <clears throat> I called my friend, Sam. He set all this up for me. I'm here. I, this feels good. Like I, I feel like I could be happy working on a college campus somewhere. They have three tracks in their counselor education program. They have uh, the community counseling track and the student higher student counseling and then the higher education track. So that was my plan. I was, I signed up to do the higher education plan because I thought that would be really fun. I've always enjoyed doing campus work. I love the energy, just the life on a, on a, on a campus. And I, I thought I, I can do that. So, um, <clears throat> but we started this really, he was, he became like a father figure to me in many ways. Um, we had a counseling lab that our students would, we would work at and people from the community would come in and they would, they would see a, a therapist or a student in training. And even though I was going into higher ed, I'm like, why do I have to do those? Because I'm not going to be, he's like, well, you're going to be career counseling and you're going to be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I really was not at all thinking about doing therapy. So <clears throat> we would get our assignments, you know, beginning of the semester, we would, we would get a family or we would get someone who wants to do some career counseling or someone who wants to do personal counseling or whatever it is. And it was five of us in a group and like they, people, he'd say like, okay, this person wants to do something different with their life, with a career. And, and so he didn't, he didn't ask me to work with him. He, he'd ask other people. I'm like, well, wait, wait, Hey dude, look, I'm going into higher ed. I should be working with him. But then, like, everyone would be assigned, and then all of a sudden, the last person, Andy. Andy is schizoaffective. He's been coming to our clinic for 20 years. We think he's um, he's definitely due dual diagnosis, addiction. I'm like, he goes, Lisa, you're going to take him. I said, what? I am not. I am no, 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 no way. And what was interesting about this is he became a father figure, but I could talk to him in a way that I should have been able to talk to my father had he been like the, the, you know, had he been the dad I needed, if that makes any sense. It just came so easy. It was so wild. Cause you think that that would be something I couldn't do because of my past, but with him, I just, I think he, that's, that goes all the way back to that first sentence. I think he says, why are you wearing that? And I had just been through all those interviews. And I just said no more like, okay, we're going to just filter here and we're going to, right like I had none I just was exhausted so I'm like you got to be kidding me I'm not working with this guy so Andy and I get in so and the way it worked there then is they had a phone like a rotor dial rotor you know the phone yeah yeah um they had that in the counseling room and then they had a one-way mirror so they would listen and watch and they would take feed they would write notes they would give feedback they would call in and say you need to explore that further Okay. I'm like, all right. So I guess we had to go back and talk about, it. so it was really, it was a really good training, mm -hmm. but what's so funny is for me, I think it was the training and just like learning how to be my, just to be real mm -hmm. because I was, mad. I was mad. So I went in there and Andy would say, so why did they assign you to me? And I said, Andy, I don't know. In fact, I feel like I owe you an apology because I'm, I'm going into higher ed and I have no idea. 
if I'm going to be able to help you. In fact, I kind of doubt that. But, you know, my plan is to go into higher ed. And then I, I would hear in the microphone, no, you're not. And I'd be like, from Ken, back in the in the room with the other people. No, 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 you're not. You're you'll be, you're not. I'm like, see, he this is this to me, this this well, anyways, why are you here, Andy? You know, and we just I don't know. I just didn't, I was so mad that I got assigned to him that I just was real. And then I would say to him things like, dude, you know what to do. You've been coming here 20 years. Like what's keeping you, what are you getting out of this? Like you gotta be getting something out of this. Right. So these questions that just came so naturally to me, probably because of my communications degree. Right. And um, the fact that I just didn't care because I I was mad. (laughs) Uh, I was going to get a new mentor and someone who was going to listen to me. Right. (laughs) so um he what was interesting is that andy got well he he decided to get well after our work together and i thought wow maybe i had something to do with that you know so i started thinking you know maybe 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 there's something something to this but i don't really know what i did you know what i did so um but that was that was how it all happened. And then I was like, I was getting married. I didn't have a job. We didn't have a place to live. There was so much uncertainty. And then at the time I was, I was in count, or my family was in counseling with, um, with an, um, a, a place here in West Bend, father or a husband, <laughs> husband, wife team. Um, and it, and my, my therapist had offered me a job and I, I was like, he actually, actually first offered me a practicum site. And I thought, that's a that's not right. That's a boundary issue. Like, you're my therapist. Why would you offer me a job? Like, I, I literally said that to him. And he said, well, I, he said something like, I know talent when I see it. I thought, no, that's weird. And then I sat back a bit and I was like, well, gosh, look at that. Like, the office person was a former client. That person was a former client, now watches their son. Like, there's former, like, bar- so much bartering and inappropriate. Like, they had a softball team counseling services of West Bend softball team and um I was like I'm not playing softball with the people I were like this is crazy to me like I literally felt like this is this is really wrong and I think the the precipice for me uh well anyway so I was I was completing my degree didn't have any anything nothing was set in stone nothing and I felt so anxious about that so uh, I was working EAA third shift so first of all he asked me asked me to to do the practicum he would take me under to do the practicum, but then I got I got the job. Like everybody fights for this, uh, these two positions that are in the counseling services uh, at the university, and I had applied for one and re- and got one of them. So I didn't need a practicum experience. Um, so I was working, you know, in higher ed with students and working, you know, that way. But but then okay, so then I so then I was looking for so I was looking for a job now I'm looking for a job like who's gonna hire me I'm 25 I don't have, don't even have my 3,000 hours I don't I don't really have any experience like who's gonna so I he offered me a job in a session that I had and I was like that's just I don't know how I feel about that it just it seems wrong I don't know I have to think about it so and I, I felt like it felt violative too and on some level right so I was like, I, just, I don't know. I don't, I just don't, I don't want to do it. And then I was working third shift for EAA, writing my thesis, smoking like a fiend, um, just trying to get through that summer before I graduated in August. I was getting married in September. So I pick up the phone. I leave a message with the answering service. I'll take the job. <laughs> like I hung up. So now I'm with my mentor, Ken, 
And Ken's like, what are you thinking? This is, uh, this is, I, I'm like, I know it's totally, totally wrong. It's bad. It's, but I have, but now I have something in place. He's like, oh man, you're just not, this is not good. I said, I know, I know, but hell, you wanted me to go into higher to, to community counseling because this is how you're getting it. Like it's how, this is where I'm going. So it was, it was very, very interesting how it all unfolded. And then I was there for about nine months. Okay. So I'd gotten married. We moved into a, we lived on little Cedar Lake in this beautiful little cabin it we were the first people to live in it year round so we had like holes in the floor that we had to plug up with tennis balls and you know sweat socks and stuff but it was lovely we had a pier and my husband had a small boat and you know I would take a swim in the morning and take a swim at night and it was just lovely I really miss that place but uh so so anyways um we have a meeting at at this this new place that I'm working at and that's something exciting about how the pay scale is going to change. And it really was made no sense to me. Like we got paid, like you, you got paid the percentage of how many people you saw that week. So if I saw like, and, and they had like a cutoff at like, you, you'll get paid $20 an hour. If you see 20 or less, you get paid 25 bucks an hour. If you see 25 people or you make $32 an hour, if you make 32, see 32 people a week. And I was like, and so I just said, because I was asking like some of my colleagues, like what they make. And I, you know, I rarely do people go into private practice right out of graduate school. I think now it's different because yeah. Yeah. you can in training licensors, but at that time it was so rare. You, you worked for a system and you got your hours in. And then if you wanted to break off, you, you did. But so, so I, so I went in, into that um meeting kind of like makes no sense so i had some questions and of course i start asking like why is the pay is really low like when you when you understand like when you take a look at what people are making with a master's degree in this field if they go work for a system or they go whatever and their 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 talk was about well we pay you right away you get paid whether the insurance pays or not you get paid right away every two weeks so okay that's good but i'm really not knowing what what you know, really when not sitting down, putting it on paper until, until I started like being like, I got, I have to ask questions. So I did that. And this therapist, so sad. He had a heart attack and died in the shower last year. Mm. Can you imagine? Anyways. Um, so he can't sue me anymore because he's dead. But anyways, um, cause I was always worried. I was just always worried about that when I left. But so he, I said, he said to me, or I said, I just need to know, I don't understand why the pay is so low because it is low in comparison to it. And he said, there's, there's the effing door. I can't believe you're accusing me of using you. And Kevin, I just said, okay, I'm going to use that effing door. And up I went, I went to the front desk and I said, cancel my appointments. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I'm, I just can't do it today. I'll still serve my, I'll give it two weeks. Also, see the well, hardly had any, had any patience, anyways. And I was waiting tables on the weekend, which I think was probably the best practicum experience anyone can have working in the restaurant industry, mm -hmm. loaded with addiction and compulsive behaviors. And oh my gosh, I was like learned so much in that in that process. But um, so he came up, he left the me and came up and he said, um, "I'm really sorry about that. that was kind of, I was uncalled for. Can I have a hug?" I was like. Whoa, whoa no you cannot have a have a hug and i'm leaving i'm leaving I'm, I'm out of here and so i grabbed everything i could of my stuff and what was interesting too 
is his wife, Mary was a, um, a therapist as well, but she claims her license got lost when um, the Wisconsin uh, Alcohol Certification Board, they, they, it caught on fire. It, it like burnt down. She claimed that her license got lost in there. But here I come, this you know, twenty-four year old, twenty-five year old spunky little person wants to wants to work there, and I share an office with her. Right? She has this. All of a sudden, she has this huge mahogany desk, this beautiful leather chair, right? And my desk is like this little school desk over there in the corner with a card table chair <laughs> attached to it. And I thought, right, this is an alpha female. This is someone I have to really stroke the narcissistic ego if I'm going to survive here, <clears throat> which I did for nine months. But so I, I get home. So in this, and this is one of those universal, you have to trust that the universe always has your back because I couldn't have, you couldn't have written this any better. So I get, I leave, I tell Thomas, I'm going to, um, well, I'll give you two weeks and I will see the one or two people I had during that time. Um, and, uh, thanks for the opportunity. I'll see, and I'm leaving. So I went home and in my mail is a letter from physicians. Uh, oh, wait, what was it? A prudential or something like that. It, it was our insurance guy, it, um, our life insurance guy. And so I opened it up and in it, he has a handwritten note that says, call Jane. Jane is, is his wife and she was a psychologist. Call Jane. They're looking to expand. Give her a call. I was like, Okay, so I call her and she says, oh, you should go talk to the owner, Gene. He's up at the wellness fair up at the, you know, the community college that was in our in our town. So I did that. I went up. Hi, Gene. Well, and, I, and I actually knew him because he was supervising our clinic. Right. And I said, here's the situation. Here's what happened. Um, I'm, I, 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 I'm just following the universal winds because... <laughs> I'm here now talking to you. Are you looking for anyone? He was so excited because he needed someone to do research for special education, due process hearings. You know, like when I think about all those, all those ad, uh, accommodations and adaptations that we advocate for our, our clients and stuff, like where did I learn that from? Right. I was doing research. I'll pay you 25 bucks an hour. I'm like, crap, I'd have to see 25 people to make that. Um you know, at, the, at this other place. So he, he would gladly brought me on and he was just so supportive because we did like, um, we had a community art festival there. Um, I just, I just love to showcase like the talents and strengths of people and especially the, the teens that I worked with. I specialized, I had a, a, a teen group that I ran. And so it was, so and then I got my hours, right? He supervised my hours. I, we did an, an ecumenical AIDS ministry, myself and some other people from, very progressive church in town here that's no longer progressive, but it was at that time. Um, and so I had support groups for people mm -hmm. who had, you know, people come home to die, at least in the 90s that was happening with people who had AIDS, they, mm -hmm. they came with their families to die. So <clears throat> we were, those were the people I was working with. And so I, I did a lot of things um, because I was given permission to just go do it. You want to do it, go do it, you know, and made my money on the weekends, mm -hmm. uh, pounded the pavement during the week and made my money in the weekend. So, so, and then um, he went to Italy and got sick and said he was going to dissolve the clinic. So I, I always drove past where I, North Shore Clinic where I work now. 
Um, I always drove past the building and just loved it. The architecture, it's like a three-story land and brick home. And I thought that is really cool. So I just remembered them. So I contacted them and then, you know, the rest is history. Uh, 20, 26 years later, I'm still there doing private practice. So um, that's how I got that really kicking and screaming. Sure, sure. Well, you know, it's interesting as I'm listening to, you know, share your story and, and, and there's definitely some parallels, like, you know, not only did we graduate the same year from undergraduate, I graduated from Illinois state in 1990. So that time period, I very much remember I tried, I, my roommates, uh, they were in a, in a rock band, a heavy metal band. And I moved with them. They, that's why I lived with in, in college. And then we moved out to Denver, the Denver area. And I tried to, uh, try to, you know, start counseling out there. And, um, and because of the recession, as you point out, there was, there was no, really no work, no one was hiring. And, um, and, and, and similar, you know, with my background, I, you know, I was kind of the same way. I never thought I'd be a counselor. Um, you know, thought I was doing the bodybuilding thing, you know, really wanted to initially go into physical therapy, but thought I was too far you know, I, I, I switched from business marketing and average, you know, uh, marketing business degree, um, and switched, you know, going into my sophomore year. And I thought I was too far behind to, to go into the physical therapy track. And so, um, and, and so many times, similar to yourself that I said, I would, I would declare what I wasn't going to do. And, you know, nope, I don't want to work in schools. Nope. I don't want to work with kids. Nope. I don't, whatever it be, then, whatever a week a month whatever it was later that was the door that you know that was opening you know and uh and i'd I'd find myself there but but it sounds you know similar to myself uh it sounds like there was situations where you felt like you had to force an answer felt like Mm -hmm. you had to force a situation and 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 by doing that then you ended up going through the door that got forced open. Um, and, and then later, because it wasn't the right fit, um, you, you had to, uh, stand up for yourself kind of like, like that, mm-hmm. like when you talked about moving out of your house, or maybe that's why you went to Oshkosh in the first place to go to college. I don't know, but those ended up opening up the doors that you're supposed to go through. Right. You right. know, and, and I think, I, I think that is my, similar you didn't say this but similar what when our fears dictate which door we're going through then there's a good possibility it's a left turn versus a right turn um doesn't mean that it's all lost and you know it, it, it it's a, it's the it's the door that we were meant to go through because we chose it but it, it just it took us you know three more right turns to get back on the path that we're supposed to be yeah, on. <laughs> Get where we need to be. Um, you, that's why I say I, I I came where I needed to be, and I know that now looking back. But I went kicking and screaming yeah. because no matter how hard we try, what's meant to be will 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 eventually happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, that I love that's so true. Like we just can rest in the arms of the universe yeah. because there's you know worrying, and I and I say this, but I work just as hard as I encourage other people to work at this is is to trust that even though it doesn't make sense, it, it doesn't make sense. We think we don't want to do it. It is ultimately going to lead us to the next step. And we don't need to know. That's the thing. Yeah. Give up the no. That's one of the 
the need to know, the need to be right, and the need to win, I think are the three, three biggest things that that get me in trouble or and get most people in trouble. But you're right. Um, there is, you know, it was Kierkegaard who said life can only be understood backwards. Yeah. But you have to live it forward. Yeah. Doing, you know, whatever's showing up for you, it may not make sense, but it doesn't need to make sense. You just have to trust that it's just part of the plan, you know, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think your story is very cool. And, and, you know, it's, you know, when you were, for, for some of the listeners that were talking about, you mentioned trust in the universe and we've, I've talked many times about, uh, you know, regardless if it's a, 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 an ancient wisdom tradition that's based out of some type of religious formation or spiritual practice formation, th that has been like, as we like we were talking before we started taping you know joseph campbell's that's what he studied and 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 told us about in his teachings was that that regardless if it's if it's from an islamic background or a jewish background or a buddhist background or a christian background um that trusting the universe knowing that you can lean into it that you make the right decision because this is ethically going against who you are as a person mm -hmm. you go home not knowing what you're going to do and then there's a a message in an envelope that you're supposed to call somebody for the next door to open right right and yeah. and, and how many times do we think to ourselves I, I i i can't i can't go home i can't you know i remember a thing happened to me when i was my first uh i worked for a psychiatrist and and uh, the pay structure changed and instead of bringing home a, a, the the paycheck that that I thought I was supposed to be bringing home that I had been bringing home for the last couple of months because I was on a like a like a salary a base salary type of thing, you know I brought home like a ten percent of what that was and and I felt like I was instead of bringing home metaphorically a, a deer to my wife and 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 child to eat I was bringing home like a a scrawny rat. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I felt this shame and embarrassment um of, of of going home with this meager paycheck and and it and but I still had to go home. You know, I still uh I still needed to, you know, do what I had to do. And and that was the beginning of going, okay, so the, this is the new rules. This is the this is the new rules. So okay you just you got to double down and you know and 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 play the cards that are dealt and then a few years later i i got to the point where it was time for me to leave the schools and and because i was a school social worker and leave the schools and do that full time because the practice had grown so much um but i don't know if it would have grown that way I don't know if I would have been able to have that level of work ethic if I would have had the comfort of the salary. Absolutely. I absolutely. Uh, I was asked after that whole experience to be a client rights specialist for three different organizations after that, because, and, and the thing is, my patient rights and just that passion for doing doing right by other people like where did I really get that from right yeah my upbringing had something to do with that I was always bringing wounded animals home and 
homeless people and my mother what the hell is supposed to do with him I'm like i don't know he's a place to live can't you just put him on the couch you know like i like i do entry you know it's homeless you know like i would bring him sometimes i bring him a sandwich or i would do it like i just you know anyways but it, it's all preparing you for 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 the next phase and i think if it's such a it's such a great uh what do you want to call it like mantra to live by right if you can say this does not make sense nor does it have to to you right now if it made sense you wouldn't be able to handle it <laughs> you wouldn't be able to handle the changes that are coming but it's all working for for the better. It's all working towards uh, you being able to live your optimal self and have opportunities and blessings. So you have to trust that. Just do your best to get through it, right? Chin up, chest back, shoulders forward. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of just so important to, to live like that. And we don't, you know, we, we I, I mean, gosh, I, I'm just as guilty of that as, as anyone else. So, but yeah, well, interesting. Well, and and I think you know it is it is interesting because though we may have had uh, you know of you know volumes of experience having gone through things now it, it you know I think we're roughly the same age so but now we've you know career wise life wise family wise we've we've gone through those things but similar to trauma and similar to pain my current pain is always my most painful pain my my current uncertainty is my my you know I, I don't always slow things down long enough to go all right Kevin <laughs> because I'm worrying right now um, about this concern I, I still have to work extra hard to recognize that am I know to ask my clients the right questions about them to see the situation. I don't always go to asking myself the right questions uh, to, to look at the scenario. Um, and, and for me, you know, having you on the show, our conversations, uh, you know, two months ago, um, remind me, that's really why I love doing this work. That's why I, I love teaching about this is because the, these, these, these templates there if I choose to use it. And right. uh, so, so tell us a little bit about now, uh, uh, life-wise, family-wise, career-wise, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what are some of the, uh, what, what are some of the things that you're doing now with uh, clientele you're working with, life, your, your work that you're doing right now, and what do, what do you have coming up uh, that you would like to be able to do? Oh, such a loaded question. I just want to say, uh, so I I have been at North Shore for 26 years and it's an outpatient mental health clinic. So I, I work with my specialty 26 years ago was working with adolescent girls, probably because I was roughly around that same age, right? Sure. So and I, I grew, what's interesting is is now it's a, it's generation. So I, I not only are, is it the the person I originally started working with, but then it's their children, right? That that come and then their children's children. It's just it's been so neat to watch the intergenerational healing occur by being in by doing this work for thirty years. The sad thing is that there's so much burnout, and so and there's so much need that like it's it's hard to turn someone down right who says i i was encouraged to work with you and i i have to say i i can't do i can't do you justice cuz i can't 
gave you the time. And so I've been like kind of a not accepting new people for like, oh, probably oh, an over a year, I think. I don't like that. I don't like having to do that, but I know I have to. I know it's I know it's necessary. So um, but but my passion has always been women's empowerment. And it started um and also um I used to own a speaking company called Spirit Wings Productions. And before my children came, we did a lot of retreat work. So uh, one of my favorite was doing the, uh, it was called the Spirit Day Earth Celebration. I always had it on the opening day of gun hunting. It was held out at Cedar Ridge, uh, which is a wonderful retreat center here. It's more in, in it's north of here, but it's just this beautiful, it's on Native American sacred land. Um, it's part of the Cedar Lake home campus that they have like a retirement community and homes and assisted living and nursing homes. They're just a huge complex. But um, I remember taking my, my kids there. They had a little small hobby farm and there was a Buddhist monk that was there. And so uh, one of the things I so enjoyed doing was just introducing them to, um, you know, to this world that has been such a, a a gift for me with with my I have three daughters, um, and uh, the the thing also my husband um, he his first deer he shot his first deer probably when he I don't know when are you allowed to start hunting I don't even know when that is 10, 10 yep, 12 yep, years yeah yeah he had saved the uh, the leather from from the deer. And uh, I said to him, "Oh man, I have to find, I have to find some 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 deer skin somewhere or leather that we could. We're going to make spirit bundles, right?" So he, the, it was the coolest thing. He, of course, I think it, for him, he prayed about it, he thought about it, and I just couldn't find any. You know, we live in a Amity leather is right down the street, but by the time you get it, it's been tanned and chemicalized and treated. It's not. Oh, I wish I could just find something like that, you know, and he, so it was his first deer, the, the hide from the first deer he ever shot. He presented that said here, I, this is what I feel called to do. Oh, it makes me terrible. I think about it because it was <laughs> such a gift. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so we, we made spirit bundles um, during that opening day. We also just kind of, um, you know, how do you make peace with, with people out there slaughtering animals, right? Like people often find it interesting that I live with someone who hunts. Um, my, my father was a hunter and, and Steve, my husband's a hunter, but, and my, all three of my girls hunt too. Right. But they've been taught the difference between um, there's shooters, there's killers, and then there's hunters. And so you don't ever take something without leaving it behind. So you will always, you know, they will always leave, he'll, he'll get the deer right there. He, uh, you know, either has some tobacco or cornmeal or something. And he talks about releasing spirits who, you know, sacrifice their bodies to sustain us. And so there's this reverence for, for the animals that give us sustenance, you know? So that was really, that was really, um, that was probably one of the best, the most important gifts I think I've ever gotten from, from him. So, uh, so I, I ran that company for a while before I had my first child. And then I, I just couldn't do both. I, I couldn't do both. I also had a part-time job working for Integnet EAP. And that's how I met Sharon, right? Put a little plug here, Sharon Teske. 
<laughs> I tell you, she's probably one of the best therapists in the entire world. She's like, she's just like, for me, that's, that's, that's where she's at. Just a lovely soul. I'm, my life has been blessed. And the funny thing is, is I don't see her that often. It's not like we hang out. We run into each other at the farmer's market all the time. But, um, but it's always just one of those, like, just she's here with me. I think she feels that, you know, my, my love and friendships with her too. And it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. You know, Lisa, you, you, you again, reminded me of, of work that I did in the early nineties. Uh, as you know, uh, uh, spiritual retreats. Uh, I, I started when I made the transition from competitive athlete, bodybuilding, uh, contact sport athlete to into the therapy world. Um, I got introduced to men's work first, first it was through, uh, 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 a pipe, uh, uh, a friend of mine who became a friend of mine from the Fond du Lac, Fond du, uh, Lac de Flamme reservation. Uh, he was a Jibawa and, and I uh, spent time with him and one of our professors at our local college here in Rockford. And, um, and then I started doing men's work. And, and then I, after a time of doing the retreats, then I became one of the facilitators uh, on the retreats. And so uh, it's interesting that you talked about that when we, I, I had, I had, we were discussing just recently about going back because they're not offered anymore or they're not offered as, as often as they, they used to be. And um, at least in the areas that I'm aware of. And, um, and I think there's some real benefit um, maybe even more, even more so today than it was in the late eighties and nineties, um, you know, in our technological age where there'd be some real benefits of doing, uh, doing those retreats. So maybe uh, that is just in the midst of our conversation. Maybe that is, uh, uh, maybe that's one of the future right terms uh, or the bends in the path coming up, you know? I hope so. My father was part of that, that network for a while he you know when he was in recovery and it was pretty solid and steadfast he 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 and he said he told me and there was so much backlash to that though too if you haven't like he was at a retreat um and he had heard that the previous retreat there that the, the men's tires got slashed like it was so threatening for on yeah. some level yeah which was so I had, I had first started doing the men's work uh, with with some of the gentlemen that I worked with at a, at a treatment facility in Rockford. And then later, um, there was uh, an organization called uh, the New Warrior Training. Uh, later, it was called the Man- Mankind Project. And I was was involved with that for an extended period of time. Um, uh, and then but I still I have been running my men's groups since 1997. So I have three three men's groups that have been running on a weekly basis since 97. I have a couple of men who've been there since the very beginning and they started in 97. They've been with me uh, every every Tuesday or every Thursday, depending on which their group is. Uh, they've been with me that Church. entire time. <laughs> well, and that's and it's funny you said that because he he refers to it as he goes, I don't go to a traditional church. This is my church. Uh, 
And so it's interesting. So, so Lisa, as we get ready, you know, to, to wrap up this, this, this particular episode, uh, I really, again, appreciate you, uh, being as as open and as transparent as you are about your story i would love to have you back on the show again and and talk more about uh just your experiences and and your observation uh of 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 life and and your own journey um but if there was something that you uh wanted to leave the leave the listener with what would be one thing that you would like to leave the listener with uh one of my favorite quotes is from Rumi, uh, and it is, wherever you are, be the soul of that place. And when I turned my Alexa, Alexa, play Van Morrison, the first song was Soul Shine. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard mm. uh, it wasn't Van Morrison because that was um, the Almond Brothers who who wrote and sing that song. But it was like shuffling songs by, you know, so and so and other artists. So it just it came on and I was like, wait, what? That I love that that song. It fits so well with that with with that that quote from Rumi. And I, that's how I prepared for today. Was like I get to spend time with a new friend sharing our souls i mean it's soul shine right soul shine mm -hmm. soul shine um oh i don't know go and listen to that song if you I can will. Almond will. um soul shine is the name so I, I mean i guess that's where i that's just the space i'm in right now so that's i guess where i'll leave it yeah perfect i this is really really fun thank you kevin for inviting yeah. me well well thank you so much uh lisa for being on the show and uh if someone did want to reach out to you uh and and you know email you or just be in contact what would be the best way for them to reach out to you sure i have a uh my, my web page is um ltk counseling um wait a second i just had it it just got changed ltkcounseling.com yes ltkcounseling.com okay perfect. It, yeah my, my new website all right perfect well again lisa thank you very much for being with us and uh, and uh for any of you that are listening and and hearing lisa's story and as she was uh, venturing uh through life and similar to what we've talked about before thinking that a door is uh is being slammed shut uh lisa has spoke uh about her journey that maybe uh it, it's it's time to take a take a turn and and where that next door is going to open for you so uh, check out uh the song soul shine and 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 be where you are, be where you are and, uh, and, and embrace and enjoy that. Again, thank you for being with us today. And uh, I look forward to being with you next week. Thank you, Kevin.